Welcome to Songwriter Trists, an intimate podcast that interviews artists about the art of songwriting and find out more about the life behind the songs. I am singer-songwriter Ray Lee and your host for this show. Music saved my life and I want to talk to other songwriters about the power of songwriting, talk about their journey and how they got to where they are today. This is a safe space to share stories, lessons and emotions, all the great things that build an amazing song. Songwriter Trist with Andrew Swift. How you doing? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Good. Now, at the DAG, everyone was calling you Swifty. Is that like a yeah. nickname? Yep. Yeah. Is that what you yeah. prefer? Oh, look, it's, I mean, I mean, it's just something I've grown up with. I've always been Swifty. Even my mum has a t-shirt made up, says I'm Swifty's mum and proud of it. So, it's <laughs> a, it's a, it's a pretty common thing. She's called me Swifty for years. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I mean, feel free. You know, people call me Andrew or Swifty. I'm. Uh, it's funny. The one thing I'm not a big fan of is the the abbreviations of Andrew because I don't feel like I'm an Andy or a Drew. So yeah, I can't yeah. see you with either of those. Actually, no. Now that you mentioned, I hadn't right. even thought of those. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a, a few abbreviations. Um, and the other question that I'm sure everyone wants to know is: Is there any relation to Taylor Swift? Ah, uh, second cousin on dad's side. Yeah. No. Uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no relation. I've even got merch that's printed up says no relation. Andrew Swift, no relation to Taylor. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, I'm sure, you, yeah, obviously you get that one all the time. Um, oh, yeah, I just I, shake it off. Yeah, you just got to shake We can be here all day. Um, let's, <laughs> let's start with how about you, in your own words, introduce yourself and tell us who are you and where do you come from? Sure. Well, my name is Andrew Swift and I come from the, uh, the outer southeast of Melbourne. Um, my background was in music was, I've been, I've been doing music since I was 17. My first gig was when I was 17 on Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. It was as cliche Mm -hmm. as it got sitting in the corner of a little Italian restaurant playing for a free pizza and whatever tips I could wrangle. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. And then, uh, from there, I had some mates at school said, so we're starting a band, you're in it. And it turns out it was a pop punk band, which I'd never played before. And uh, I, I was right into it for like five years. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, I started doing my own stuff, just solo. And people would say, oh, it's got a, it's got a bit of a country vibe to it. And my, my mm. initial response was, hey, don't use that C word with me. <laughs> um, I thought it was a bad thing, you know. Down in Victoria, yeah. there was, you know, I think we were a little ignorant as to what country was for years. It's getting a lot better now. And, um, yeah. it was only, only about, I think it was like five years ago that I sort of had, uh, got dragged up to Tamworth and had this 
epiphany moment where I've gone, this is where I belong. I need to stop fighting that. And I took about 18 months off songwriting and just listened. Mm. What year and, was that? Uh, yeah. Uh, that was 2015, yeah. Yep. No um, way. That, yeah, cool. Yeah, so it's been, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's been, well, it's not that long ago really and then it's been yeah. a bit of an amazing, amazing trip since. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I was amazing. a Star Maker grand, Star Maker grand finalist 2017 and then I released an <laughs> album in 2018, I released an album and then mm-hmm. 2019, Tamworth, I, I was very fortunate to pick up a couple of Golden Guitar Awards. Yep. Congratulations. So, and that, that, that brings us, you should be very proud. Thank you. Thanks. And that brings us sort of up to date working on the new album at the moment. Yeah. I, um, I didn't realize it was so like country music for you is such a new thing. I mean, 2015, I'm going to say is a fairly new thing um, yeah. to be then pick up and then have such great success. It must have just fit perfectly for you. Yeah, look, I, I, you know, I was very fortunate. I sort of, I mean, my first year at Tamworth was 2014 and I, I sort mm-hmm. of walked away from it thinking this isn't for me. I still was like, no, nah, I don't, I'm not into it. And then mm. the following year was when I sort of got dragged along again by my local community radio station. They were doing the show live from Tamworth and and we yeah. interviewed 70 artists over five days and just seeing the variety of country artists that came through and the community that's within there and, and the family vibe, It's, uh, I mean, I yeah. just – and and hearing uh, realizing there was way more to country music than I thought there was, and having some great people like Jen Mize and and Greta Zilla drag me around to different shows and and really sort of educate me in that week really changed a, a lot of things for me. Yeah, I have a very similar experience. Like I was brought up in Victoria as well. Country mm-hmm. music was bogan in my head, and not yeah. something, something <laughs> my parents yeah, listened right. to when they were younger. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It definitely wasn't something that was cool to listen to or like. And then I kind of randomly ended up going to the DAG at Tamworth in 2015 where mm-hmm. Alan Caswell and Elise Simmons and Lachlan Bryan and Carl Brody, they were all yeah. mentors at that retreat. And yeah. I remember on the first night, on the first night there you have to get up and sing an original song and then everyone judges you. Yep. And I didn't, <laughs> I didn't take my, <laughs> yeah, everyone judges you. I didn't take my guitar up on stage because I'd never, at that stage, I'd never played guitar in front of anyone before and I wasn't that great. Right. So I'm like, you know, what? I'll just sing a cappella. And I sang mm-hmm. an original song a cappella. And Elise Simmons was like, you sound like Beyonce, which is such a nice <laughs> thing to say. But in the yeah. context of we're all here and we're all country music and you sound like Beyonce, <laughs> what do you, <laughs> it was, well, um, it was intimidating. Well, I think with the DAG, it, it really is a songwriting retreat. It's just funny because mm. the majority of people who go there are from that country or folk uh, genres from, from yeah. my understanding. But, I mean, anyone could go. I mean, it's, it's really uh, – I mean, I've, I've never attended the workshop. I mean, I was, that's where I met you. Mm. I just happened to come, come up there for the night and catch up with everyone. But it was um, – yeah. I mean, anyone could go there. It really is to work on songwriting skills and, and enhance those. So, I mean, it yeah. doesn't have to be. So, but I can totally understand how that first time there, first performance, and someone says, sound like Beyonce, and you're probably thinking, oh man, I feel like such a, the odd duck. I shouldn't be here. Right now. Like, well, I, yeah. I honestly didn't even know that it was a country music place until no, I was driving yeah. into the farm and it had hats off to country music 
festival <laughs> posters everywhere. And I was yeah. like, my husband had sort of organized it and sent me along. And I'm like laughing out loud in my car to myself, like, what am I doing? <laughs> this is so weird. Um, yeah. But yeah, and, and 2015, it was probably more country, whereas last year it was definitely more open and more accepting yeah. of all genres. But Carl Brody was there the year that I was there. It was the year before he passed away. And he, he was my educator, like you said, um, you know, Haley Marsden was and stuff. He was like, this is what Nashville is and this is what country music is. It's three chords and the truth and it's just storytelling and the sound doesn't really come into it all that much. It's just, you've got a good story, it's in a song, that's country yeah. music and it is really broad. So, yeah, it's, it is. it's beautiful. Yeah, mm. yeah there's, there's just so much yeah. more to it. So Yeah, but no, I've, I've been, look, I, I think we, I've been very lucky that, um, everyone sort of the country scene has welcomed me with open arms. Uh, mm. but I, you know, I think having 15 odd years of, of, um, you know, country, uh, of music industry experience probably helped me with that as well in having mm. the confidence to just talk to people. Especially, I think there was a bit of a beauty in the ignorance of me not knowing who anyone was. So I was just talking <laughs> to everyone like it was, Hey mate, how's it going? Nice to meet you. Like, it's just, yeah. I didn't know. And then people go, do you know who you're talking to? I'm like, no, I've got no idea. And they're like, well, that's the person who organizes this. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm just being friendly. Like, you know, it's like that's kind what of. That's good. Yeah. 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 You has got to be kind and you never know who you're talking to. You'd always be kind. Um, oh, that's it. No, that's, that's beautiful. Awesome. So tell me about when you, did you write your first song when you were 17? Tell me about that experience. Your first song. Oh, my first song. Uh, I believe it was some sort of teen angst. I have a crush on a girl at school. Um, she doesn't know I exist sort of a song. Okay. I have a feeling Teenage it was called. Sort of. Yeah, I think it was like, it feel like it was called something like open your eyes. Like it was just, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm getting, I'm turning, I'm turning red out of embarrassment just talking about this song. Um, <laughs> Was, uh, I think I think I found a really really rough demo, like a home recording of it. Um, you know, that, like a little while back, and I'm pretty yeah. sure I showed I showed uh, Greta Zilla and I were on tour together, and I showed her, and she was crying with laughter. Um, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, thanks. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was just that whole teen angst. I mean, I started writing, I started playing guitar. Uh, I was uh, as a bit of a I guess it was a tool or I was going through depression in, in years 10, 11, 12 of high school and wow. fi- finding like the guitar, I found like first played guitar on school camp. We were uh, out hiking for 10 days, you know, really mm. roughing it. It was this whole finding yourself experience as a, you know, 16 year old. And Becoming a that's it. Well, we were becoming <laughs> adults. It was guys and girls yeah. we were camping under bits of plastic. Um, mm. And and there was a guitar, there was a guitar there, and a couple of guys showed me how to play a couple of things, and I was like, okay, cool. Um, I just, I think the first thing I learned was like "Summer Lovin" and "Sweet Home Alabama," and yeah. to me, that was enough to you know kickstart that interest in it. And my stepbrother had a guitar that he'd never used, so I just picked that up, and it was really a way for me to start focusing on on something and setting myself goals and giving myself something to look forward to achieving and it really helped mm. pull me out and I, at the time I didn't know I was going through depression it wasn't until 
I was studying years later, which I realized I was like, oh my God, that's exactly what I was, was going through. Like, that's, yeah. I was, so I'd withdraw and I'd spend about four hours each day after school just in my room with a guitar until my, literally until my fingers were bleeding. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I'd start writing bits and pieces. It was a way for me to express, you know, what I was going through, I guess, and what I was feeling inside. And so a lot of those songs were teen angsty sort of things, but it mm-hmm. was my way of getting that out. That's um, incredible insight that you were going through that. Um, was there something that you can look back and go, this is what happened and what sort of sparked that episode of depression? Because, I mean, you were quite young to be going yeah, through I, that. Yeah, it was, um, it was a whole, it was, I think it was a, co- a collection of things and it was moving, we moved house uh to, like we moved in, my mum had a new partner. We moved in with him up in the um, up in the hills, which is a beautiful property and everything. But it was that change. I, I was really settled where we were, and um, I was you know going through puberty, and I felt like uh, I mean I was always the bigger kid at school, so I felt like I got picked on a lot about my weight, and I still have a lot of issues about that. You know, I'm, mm. I'm a tall guy, and people you know they go, "Hey, big guy," and to me, and my initial thing is, is he calling me fat? Because it's yeah, because okay. that's the that trigger from from when I was younger, but it's mm. generally just because I'm tall. I'm yeah. a you know big solid guy, like I'm like I'm six two and solid. Um, mm-hmm. But my initial nothing wrong with my, that, by the way. No, thank <laughs> you. But my my, my, <laughs> my, tr- my my trigger response is is this. I don't I don't act defensive, but in my head I immediately get defensive with. Wait, mm. is he calling me fat? Um, so mm. there was a lot of that, and I, I didn't really feel like I had a, a good, solid group of friends back then either. So it was, it was, a, it was a you know a combination of things, and it just was me not knowing how to express the way I was feeling and internalizing it all, and and I mm. guess yeah, and, but I think it's something that runs in my family as well. So yeah, yeah. I I had a similar. Um not same experience, but I, I suffered with depression in a completely different way. And music was my outlet as a child mm. growing up playing piano and eventually learned guitar as well. And I think that as children and as a teenager, you're still kind of a child. Sometimes we just don't have the vocabulary or the understanding. Like you said, you didn't know what you were going through no, to express yeah. what we're feeling. And yet music is almost like those words that, we can let it out without having to have a vocabulary for it. It's so it's That's so it. powerful. I reckon music saved my life. You know, hundred oh, percent. I've got on like one of my first tattoos is around the bottom of my foot. Is it says "Live for the music." Uh, you know, mm. because I just felt like it, it really saved me. And 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 it's a it's a common story. You know, you hear plenty of people who went through a similar experience, and and music was an outlet. And and it has been a, a saviour for him, really. So mm. it's, yeah, yeah, look, you know, it's it's there for us to express ourselves and there's almost this beauty in it because you, you know, I'm sure you do the same, but I often take parts that are a, a fact but blend them with fiction. So all of a sudden it's not mm. 100% about me and I feel like I can uh, hide, be- you know, well, especially back then I could really hide behind a character that might have been in that song you know, yeah. where I'm using my, my own experiences as inspiration for. 
Yeah, if people ask you what it's about or where it comes from, you can be like, oh, it's just a story. It's just, you know, yeah, just art, totally, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I t- totally, totally made this up. I was watching this TV show and this guy was really sad and I wanted to write about that guy. Bet your mama warned you about boys like me that steal your heart and take their lead. It's not the man I'd intended to be. Guess your mama was <laughs> yeah. right. I had a lot of yeah. punk rocky songs when I was younger as well, and I had a band which was just hilarious. But what, what, um, what were you guys called? I don't even remember. It would have it wouldn't Come have been on. anything to be proud of. <laughs> I can't, can't remember. I was hoping for some really um, bad punk rock name. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't. I'm sure it was. I remember it was something, but I can't remember. I, I don't remember much from <laughs> having um, before having children. My mind's like oh, blank. Okay. But um, I do remember being at the church hall using all their instruments and having a jam. Um, but I remember writing some really, really horrible, like, hate songs. Like, oh, I yeah. hate what you do. <laughs> yeah. I hate yeah. you. But, like, I was, you know, trained to be a good little girl who's kind to everyone. So, like, this was my way of, I guess, letting out that anger that I wasn't allowed, I didn't feel like I was allowed to express or feel in life. And I remember yeah. playing that for a friend and they're like, whoa, like that's not you at all, like not the one that they saw. <laughs> and just being like, oh, you know, it's just, I was just playing around with it, trying to be a bit Av- Avril Ravini or whatever, but yeah. Yeah. Well, and, that, you know, that was the thing back then too. There was Avril being this rebellious punk rock. She was the bad girl, you know. <laughs> like yeah. in hindsight, you look back and you go, she wasn't a bad girl at all. But, <laughs> no, it's, she she, you know, she's singing about skater boys and, and, yeah. you know, and I remember listening to a band called uh, Bowling for Soup. I used to listen to them a lot. And they had this song about mm. um, she's the girl or the bad guys want. And I was like, yeah, I know exactly who they're talking about. They're that, that <laughs> punk rocky chick, you know, like it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that, that's what was cool when we were younger. Now it makes me yeah, feel old. Yeah, that's right. 100%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> was there a clear moment when – you decided that this is your path, this music and being a songwriter and, and doing it professionally is what you're going to do because that's not something that society says is a natural path for a lot of people. Was there something that happened no, that you're like, right, this is me? Uh, I mean, back even back when I started playing and it was all I wanted to do in my studies – you know, those important last couple of years of school, my grades dropped dramatically because, I, <laughs> I mean, I was so involved in, in it was almost a therapy music and I was just, that yeah. was more important to me and that's all I wanted to do. But it was sort of too late for me to do any music-based classes around those VCE, you know, those final years of school theory. time. Those, I hadn't, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I still know no theory. Um, mm. but, and, and, Mum, mum's not a big fan of this story. So, and if she's, she probably listens. She finds it. She finds everything I do, do and yeah. everything I d- do, and she listens. But, um, <laughs> you know, like she was, and I, I do not blame her at all for, you know, pushing me to do more traditional subjects in school, like business management, accounting, and uh, maths yeah. methods. And I was doing Japanese and literature. So it was. Yeah. She wanted me to do law, and I, I dropped out of legal studies. It wasn't for me, but. Um, yeah. You know, but yeah, and then after I finished school, I was like, all right, I don't know what I want to do. I just, all I want to do is play music. That's sort yeah. of, that's it. So I took a year off school and, and then I tried the following year, I tried going back to university and I think I lasted like two or three months. And then I was what like, what were you doing? I, at uni? I was doing youth studies to become a youth worker. 
Okay. And um, yeah, like social services sort of thing. And mm. um, ideally, I would have liked, liked to have done teaching, but my enter score wasn't high enough. Um, <laughs> so I yeah, it was sort of after that. Like I, I, I tried the university thing, and I'm like, this isn't for me. This I just don't. I don't want to, I don't know what I want to do aside from music. Mm. So I'll keep doing some, you know, music and do other jobs on the side. And that's sort of what I did continually. I, I played weddings and, and pubs and, you know, uh, and while all the while doing original music with my, with my band at the time. And, but we worked yeah. really hard. We, we always treated it like a business as much fun as it was and, and as much as creative as it was for us and artistic it was, you know, we thought yeah. it was artistic. But, you know, it was, <laughs> it was, it was, um, I mean, we still treated it like a business because we wanted it to succeed. We didn't want to just, we saw friends who would play in bands and then the bands would just sort of fall apart and they'd sort of give up. Yeah. And we were sort of determined to not do that, which, you know, eventually it did happen. But I think I, I kept that mentality where I was like, I still want to keep giving this a go. And there have been plenty of times over the years where I'm like, maybe I should throw it in. Maybe I should, I was like, maybe I should do something like join the police force. Maybe I should just play covers and play on cruises. And I didn't, Mm. I I don't know. I didn't know what I wanted to do other than music. And I'm, it's, you know, I started the gig when I was 17 and it's only been the last just over two years where I've been doing just music full time, original music full time. So I'm glad I didn't throw it in. Yeah, no, I think we're all glad you didn't throw it in. I think we need music <laughs> and yeah. we need um, we need people like you to believe in themselves enough and push past the mindset that um, and messages that can come from society to say that it's not a thing that you can do. Um, it takes people like you to push past and say, nope, this is who I am and, you know, the rest of the world get to now experience that, those gifts yeah, that you have. Uh, and it's uh, Thank you. Um, I'm just a stubborn bastard, really. But yeah, <laughs> me I, too. I, <laughs> and it was it was hard to push past it because I felt like I was doing something wrong by not like I grew up in. It's now considered metropolitan Melbourne, but it was regional. Yeah. It was small country towns when I grew up here, and yeah. I still live in the same area. But the the norm and the majority of people, you know, finish high school, maybe take a gap year and travel, but they're, otherwise mm. they're straight back into uni, get their degree settle into a career, fall in love during that time as well, get married, start a family. And mm. I haven't done any of those things uh, mm. aside from travel and play music. So yeah. it's – and I felt like I was doing something wrong because – and it wasn't until – actually, it wasn't until about seven years ago, so right before I found country music, that I was dating someone who was an amazing influence on me in the in reassuring me that – it's okay to not do what society says we should, like oh, in, so in that sense. Like that. Yeah, yeah, she's great, and we're still really good friends, and we mm. we still have conversations like this. And you know, she was mm. experiencing the pressure from society that she should have children and be settling down, and you know, people yeah. would go, "Oh, when are you gonna have, when are you gonna have kids?" And she's like, "Oh, I don't even know if I want them. Like, I'm not gonna just go and have kids for the sake of going and having kids." But it's yeah. we're grown up to believe that that's the that's the norm, you know. All, all the TV shows and movies we watched as kids, it was all these happy families and you know, yeah, dad comes home from work and yeah, like it's yeah. just and it's okay to not fit into that norm to to yeah. do something else and you know do what you want to do. It's just one way, isn't it? It's one way to do life, but there are so many ways that you can do life and 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely guilty of um, falling into the trap of get married, have kids, have a job. But I I didn't want that when I was younger. Like I was going to cure yeah. cancer because I did my medical degree. And then I was also going to um, become a rock star <laughs> all at the same time. <laughs> you know, I was very ambitious and I work really, really hard. And boys yeah. were just a distraction. And yep. marriage was never an option. Children was way off the table, scared the heck out of me. Um, but at the same time, when it did happen, it happened with someone who was my champion, just probably a bit like your partner was and who believed in me and helped me through. And then having children, um, was a big surprise to me because they actually gave me the, um, I guess kicking the balls really to do what I was born to do. Um, I wanted to be able to tell my kids that they should do what they're born to do and follow their heart and believe in themselves, but I wasn't doing that. You know, I wasn't, sure. you know, really pushing as hard as I knew I could. And um, so there's a driving factor, but I, I kind of also got angry because I've got the house and I did the job for eight years and had the kids and got married and followed all the things that I think I thought I was supposed to do, but I didn't feel any happier, you know, yeah, well, because um, but, it, it wasn't authentic. And, and in no way am I saying that doing that, you know, going and, having a family and, and mm. the career and, and doing, you know, what society sort of, I mean, there are people who that, they you know, they're extremely happy doing that and that's great. Oh, yeah. And all I'm saying is yeah. that, you know, don't feel bad if you don't want to do that. Um, I thought that that's what I wanted. And so we, we were probably the opposites. Yeah. I thought I wanted a, a family and um, I used to, you know, stress myself. Out. I used to be super clingy with with women because i was like i was I like i just want a that. girlfriend <laughs> yeah right uh, I, and yeah. i hate i hated that i was like that but i was like i need a girlfriend yeah. i need a girlfriend because i'm gonna need to have kids and get married and i wanted to be a young dad yeah. and then it got to a point where i was like do i really want that i don't think i do mm. so but it was <laughs> like i, <laughs> I mm. thought I, I did and it's funny because if the right person had come along and everything sort of worked then i'm sure that's what would have happened but yeah, you know, I didn't. I, you know, you, I realized that t- you can't push that stuff. You just no. Yeah, I just I got to a yeah. point where I was like, you know what, I want to focus on my career and really go hard at it. And and that was when I found the country scene where I was like, okay, I know that this is where I want to. I, I feel like this is a, a home for me. I feel like I've found my feet now. I just need to mm. really focus on that. And I'm I'm glad you did. And you never know what's around the corner. You know, well, that's um, right. and things, I think things, you never know what's going to work for you until you try it. And it doesn't mean you have to try everything, but you just got to explore life and yeah, just well, go with the flow. Yeah. In certain well, that's, and, <laughs> but, you know, and in your experience, you've, you've done that. You've, you've, you know, gone with the flow and you've had the, the kids and the marriage and the, but you're also yeah. doing something you love now as well. So and and that happens. Oh, I've got a friend yeah. who she she was she's married. She's had um, I was about to say half a dozen kids. That's not accurate, but she's had, <laughs> she's, she, wow. She's, had, she, she's been married, had a few kids, and she had this great um, secure. When I say great, like a, a, a secure career with local council, and she got to a mm. point where she's gone. This isn't what I want. This is I could be happier, and yeah. she threw it all in because she wanted to. Uh, she's like, I want to work outdoors. I want to work with gardens and plants. And she went and became, dropped everything and went and became a labourer for doing landscaping. And she's loving mm. life. Mm. Yeah. 
sometimes it comes down to quality of life over success. And I think, um, I mean, I've talked to some young people and I sort of try to say, you know, money's not everything. And mm-hmm. um, I, like they just want to argue that. And I'm like, that's fine. Like this is just my opinion. But it yeah. is it's like money is like air and it's really hard to not think that air is important when you're suffocating. You know, if you don't have yeah. any, it's really, really important. But as soon as you have some and like say you're feeling a bit more secure, you maybe start to realize that it's actually quite common. <laughs> and yeah. um, you don't have to think about it all the time. If you just keep, take a deep breath in and breathe out, it, it'll just come. Um, but it, it's something that, I don't know, like I grew up in a, a fairly poor family and five kids and I was a weird middle child that just, I swore <laughs> when I was a kid that I was a milkman's daughter because I just did not fit into my family and <laughs> we never had anything. So I wanted to work hard I did, and I wanted to have security and that was really important to me when I was younger and it wasn't until yeah. I had a great job with great income and a lot of security that I realized I, I, this would come no matter what I put my mind to, you know, and I think yeah. that's something yeah. that comes with growing up anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's, yeah, I mean, we, I grew up with <laughs> like, mum as a single parent of two, so we didn't, you know, mm-hmm. we we weren't rolling in it. And I mean, there, there have been plenty of times over the years where I've lost sleep stressing over money, um, mm. you know, because I was, I'm doing the, I was always doing little side jobs while I was doing music. And, mm. you know, I've, I've never had that job that just pays uh, like a great income and with a, a great secure income. So it's always mm. been, you know, I've had jobs on the side and you know, I've always worked hard. And, uh, you know, I've never had the government support until this year. Thanks, COVID. Mm, um, yeah, thanks, COVID. <laughs> and <laughs> had to swallow my pride and, and jump on that. But, yeah. you know, look, it's, I mean, it's, it, you also get to a point where I go, okay, you know, I can stress over it or I could just do something about it and, and change yeah. that. Have you got, had many guys, are you allowed to busk down there? We've had heaps of people busking. Like I've been out busking up here and it's very humbling, but at the same time, I get to continue working on my music and sharing and promoting yeah. and just chatting to people out the front of Woolies and Coles. There's, there's, I mean, there's no, no, no the short answer is no, you're not allowed to do that uh. at the moment. We're not allowed to do much down here at the moment. Um, so they've only just opened playgrounds back up. So, you know, now okay. when I'm going for my walk, there's, you know, a ton of kids at playgrounds, but that's, that's only happened since Monday, uh, last Monday. Okay. So, uh, yeah, no busking, but I, I, I mean, I've never been a fan of busking. Um, oh, I never would have done it before either. I swallowed my pride and I was like, do you know what? I'll give it a go. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I've, I've never really enjoyed it too much. Um, mm. but uh, there are people who thrive on busking, people who absolutely love mm. it. And that's the thing. Everyone's different. Oh, absolutely. You know, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think for me, it was about trying something different and it, the reality was, I like to work hard and it was like this was just an opportunity for me to work and it popped up and I was like, let's give it a go. And yeah, I've actually really enjoyed it. And I never mm-hmm. used to play covers. I was just original singer-songwriter. But since doing yeah. busking, I've been learning covers and um, I found some songs I really like and I love playing them. And then other people, you know, that connect with those songs as well. It's been good. Plus, um, yeah, get to promote my own music as well at the same time. So I think for yeah. me as well, like it's, there is this level of anxiety still in society and stress and I see it in people walking around me going in and out of these supermarkets and I feel like I get to impart some peace 
and love into their life and you see them just sort of going on their way and they'll stop and listen to a song and then they'll yeah. keep going. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. It's it's beautiful. Music's beautiful. And that's, that's the thing, you know, you've tried it and you, and you really enjoy it. I mean, I used to love mm. playing covers. I used to play covers at my local pub every Thursday mm. for three years. For three years I did it. And it was great, you know. Like I just love it, you know. Have people singing along to all these songs, and um, yeah. but it also got to a point after so many years of doing it where I was just like, I'm not enjoying it. It became it became, yeah. it became work. It. Yeah. yeah, it became work. And there were times where I was like, I don't like. I've got a gig tonight. I don't. It was like going to work. I'm like, oh, I've got a gig tonight. I'm gonna go play covers <laughs> oh. for four hours. I got to that yeah, point, and that's time. when I knew I needed yeah. to make a change. Yeah. And yeah. and I, I sort of e- I've eased right up on, um, you know, even learning covers. I, I should learn more because it's it's great for songwriting and you learn new tricks and bits and pieces. But yeah. it sort of got to a point where I was like, I just need a total break from covers altogether. Mm. So yeah, um, and that okay, yeah, yeah. Occasionally I'll slip one into a set as a bit of fun. But yeah, I think it's um, it it's good to like you said to to do it to learn. And that's kind of the way I've lived my life is like if I haven't done it before and it's something like a learning experience, then that's great because I, I want to keep learning. But, yeah, once you reach the point where you're like, I'm not learning anymore, I'm just being a, a dancing monkey, um, yeah. I get really bored of that really yeah. quickly. Yeah. And, and the main thing creative. is to – no, and the main thing is to, you know, I've told young artists before, I'm like, just when you like, you can't in this industry. You can't think you know it all. Like you're gonna, mm. you need to be open to the fact that you're gonna keep learning things. Um, I mean, just earlier today, I was, I was sitting in on a webinar about how this new Instagram Reels thing works, and I'm sitting here going, "Okay, but this is like, I'm like, I don't get why people do this, but sure, okay, yeah, it's like TikTok. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. I don't see me doing this, but I'm still learning how it works. So then, you know, yeah. but. You know, it, because it's a new, it's a new thing. It's the, and especially with mm. with social media, you need to be all over it in in our industry. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you're always going to keep learning, and and it's great. Yeah, I mean, we should always keep learning. Uh, it yeah. doesn't have to always. Just in general, like it's all. I love learning new skills. Love it. She took in a breath, let out a god of a To one of your songs now, I expect to see some real from you after your lessons. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Make up a dance. See, yeah, they were doing all these dances. I'm like, I don't dance. I don't know. I'm like, yeah, I can't dance either. I, I'm like, I don't think. I don't, I don't think this is going to be a fit for me because everyone was dancing. I'm like, I can't dance. Um, yeah. Even Sammy White sent me a message asking. She goes, "Can you? Uh, I'm getting all, a few friends to like dance along to my song in in my new video." I was like, "Okay, so you know I don't dance, right?" <laughs> And she goes, oh, come on. And so the footage is of me sort of just standing there tapping my foot and eventually I, I move my body a little <laughs> bit more like I'm getting into it. But, um, I have to watch yeah, that. 
<laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not great. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, you got to keep learning. I mean, I never, I, I was never good at working or I didn't think I had any skills with using my hands. And I, you know, mm-hmm. if something broke around the house, I would always be the first one to pick up a phone and call someone to come and do it because I didn't know how to do things. But yeah. when I'd, I did caravan repairs for six years. I, and when I started, I didn't own any tools. I didn't know how to do anything. And mm-hmm. I loved, I loved learning how to do something completely different from anything mm-hmm. I'd done before. Um, yeah. And now, now something goes, if I got a leaking toilet, I'm like, let's pull it apart, see if we can fix this. <laughs> yeah. Um, nice. I, yeah. If, yeah. If I get it's, stuck, it's then I'll call someone. Yeah. yeah. It's another way of yeah. like being creative, isn't it? It totally is. I learned how to build a, I did a two day course on how to, how to build uh, wood fire pizza ovens. And now I've got one in my backyard. Oh, I built one nice. It was great. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I know was, where I'm going. When the, the borders leave, <laughs> <laughs> I, need a, I need a wood oven pizza. I, I love doing um, them. Yeah, yes. Uh, I did like furniture restoration is like my therapy. Oh, I had a bit yeah. of a mental breakdown a couple of years ago and I just yep. started buying old furniture and sanding it back and painting it and doing all sorts of creative things. And oh, there's something just so therapeutic. Of just it's, even just doing that, I love it. Yeah, it's the cre- it's the creative thing, and mm. I find especially you know we've been in in lockdown here for a while, and mm. so I mean what you what you're telling me right then just reminds me of of myself in in I need projects to keep myself motivated, and and I've been yeah. trying very hard to keep finding projects during these lockdowns, and yeah. I notice I notice a change in myself once I finish a project. The next day, I have a real flat day. You know, where I'm like, yeah. oh, you know, and, I, and I'm frustrated and angry again at everything that's happening. And then I find something else to keep myself busy. And and so yeah. furniture restoration, I mean, that would have been amazing. I'm, so, I'm sure you oh. have got some great pieces, of, uh, you know. After I, have, I have an amazing four-poster bed, king-size four-poster <laughs> bed that I got off Gumtree for like 400 bucks. And it's like really beautiful yeah. oak. And it was it was trashy. But I wanted yeah. to buy a brand new one. It was going to be like five grand. And my husband's like, yeah. nope. <laughs> nope. And I th- I thought it was going to be too big of a job. But I thought, you know what? I'll just do one bit at a time. So I pulled it apart, sanded it all down, gave it a beautiful yeah. coat of white paint. And um, I ended up painting my room as well so that it would match the beds. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, that's a great um, project. Yeah. yeah. Like, was, no, was, it was, it was, was a lot of fun and saved us money. Chat- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would have. I mean, I was chatting to um, uh, Tom Wolf the other day and he was saying that he – has just been doing so many projects because without music, he's like without being able to yeah. get out and gig. He goes, he goes, I've been. He goes, I think I've bitten off a bit more than I can chew. I'm renovating one of the houses on the property, <laughs> but he's he goes, I just you know I've just been trying to keep busy, and that's the thing. That's yeah. all. That's we're all us. I think a lot of the creative people, it's that creative side. We need to keep keep our mind active. Yeah, I've refurbed a lot of the rooms in my house and done a lot of clearing out. And I've planted and done so much gardening that there's not even any more space, I think, for anything in my garden. (laughs) Um, And I I got to that point as well where I was like, right, what's next? And that is probably where this podcast came from. I was like, yeah, uh, I need to do something. And um, yeah, it just kind of evolved into a new project. And it's now actually pretty much a full-time job. I'm probably recording a couple of podcasts a day, but I love it. It's amazing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. it's insane, but I love it. Yeah. I get to talk yeah. and 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I, look, I found a bit of therapy in uh, podcasting as well. So mm-hmm. um, Clint Wilson had been saying to me for a while, he's gone, man, come on, let's start a podcast. I'm like, what? about what? He goes, we'll work it out, yeah. we'll work it out. And <laughs> I, some of my housemate, we've been doing it for a little while now, my housemate the other last night, she goes, so, do, you know, does anyone listen to your podcast? I, said, I don't know, I don't care. I'm just having fun. Like with Clint and I having the banter that we had, like yeah. it's just to me that's my enjoyment from it. I said he does all this stuff behind the scenes and p- puts them up and everything. I just I just go yeah. along and we we talk and it's great. It's been yeah. really, I mean, there's been a couple of flat days where once Clint will go, "Hey, you want to do a podcast?" I'm like, "Yes, today would be perfect," and it just changes my whole vibe. Like you know, I just feel way better for yeah. doing it. It's good. We need people to be able to talk to. And I, I've always been a chatterbox and that's just one of my gifts. Like my job, my main job when I was working corporate was sales um, yeah. with good old Wayno, who I think, I think you went to school with anyway. Um, I did? Who, and, do I, who, yeah. who do we know? Wayne, Wayne DeLayland. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I, I, we, played, we played footy together. Oh, you played footy together. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. we were good mates. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, cool. so that was so, but like, if I had a couple of days off work, when I went to work, I would annoy everyone because I just talk their ears off. <laughs> um, being in lockdown with my husband, I think I was sending him batty. So he was definitely encouraging me to. Um, he's always told me what, all, all I'm good at is talking and singing. So, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you've got to use it to your advantage. <laughs> That's it. Anyway. Um, so he's encouraging okay, you to wanna... talk elsewhere. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, find a creative outlet for my, my gift. I, I'm definitely like that when I perform as well, though. Like I, and this is why pub gigs aren't that great for me because I love to talk a bit and sing a bit. Then I'll yeah. talk a bit more. Then I'll sing a bit more. So you know, there's always a story and a message and like I don't know. Anyway, um, I was going to ask you about messages. Actually, when you uh-huh. create songs, is there like a core message or something that you are trying to impart into the world through your music? No. <laughs> it's not, not, <laughs> no, there's there's really not. I I'm not I'm not a, a preachy person or anything like that. Where you know you should do this or you should do that. And I mean, with mm. the songs, to me, uh, like just thinking back to the the last album, I mean, those songs were just written as an expression. Like I was just expressing myself. Mm. Um, you know, I could take you through each song and and tell you sort of where it came from. I mean, there's. You know, yeah. the one that gets brought up a lot of the time is is uh, my song King of the Sky, which is about my uncle passing mm. away when I was a kid. But, you know, it's that and the, how that moment still stays with me and I was just reflecting on, you know, on that time that time in my life when and that song just sort of started pouring out. Um, I mean, look, I, I mean, I was – the songs come about in different ways and I never try and – for this, the new album I've sort of been trying to write because I, I'm a slow. I have no problem in admitting that I'm a slow writer, and okay. this album, this album is the first time I've done co-writes like I've been doing for this record. Um, okay. But when I'm on my own, it really is. They're slow because I just wait until you know something wants to come out of me, and yeah. like I've got a song on the last album called Jezebel where I wrote the whole thing in my head at work when when you know. I was mm. wanting to not be at work, but and this song just <laughs> came about. Um, uh, you know, yeah. there's I wrote the chorus for "Run Runaway Train" while I was getting a massage. Uh, it just sort of 
while I was being massaged, I was nice and relaxed. Then uh, this chorus yeah. just popped into my head, and then I That's didn't awesome. know what to do with it for a year. So mm-hmm. it's yeah, um, but no, there's no message. I usually find after I've written a bunch of songs though that often there'll be an underlying theme throughout them that I haven't realised is there. So yeah. that kind of happened on the last album, and it's it's kind of happening on this on this next one as well. I think that that's a pretty common thing. Like as songwriters, we tend to write about, like you said, at self-expression. And so it's whatever you're going through at that particular time. And we kind of, by releasing songs, get to like immortalize those experiences and times in our life. But then it also helps us by people listening to it and connecting to it. It makes us realize that we're all human and we all experience whatever it is, like whatever bit of Swifty that you're putting into the world at that particular moment there's probably a bunch of people out there that are experiencing the same things and can connect with what you're expressing and you're helping them who maybe don't have the gift of singing or songwriting to express how they're feeling um, by listening to your song, you know? Yeah, and like it's that's why I find it crazy that the most personal song on that album is the one about my uncle and that's the one that, you know, people just about every show, someone will come up and just go, man, I really, like that song just hit me. Like it's, uh, I really felt that song. I lost someone or, you know, yeah. I've got a family member who's a pilot and, and, you know, so it just, it, there's, everyone seems to always find a connection with that song. And yeah, I, I, I tacked it on as the last nice. song on the album, you know? Mm. And, oh, and so it wasn't going to be on there or? No, it was always going to be on there, but it was, I think it was just always, I put it as the last song because I was like, well, if people don't listen to the whole album, it's on there for me. And it was, yeah. it was a song for me, you know, for, it really was. But, mm. and, and that's why I find it so interesting that so many people connect with the song that I put on there for me. So it's fun. Nice. Yeah. No, it's nice. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so you said you've been doing some co-writing and this is the first time you've recorded co-writes or what's your experience with co-writing? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I was, I've always felt very, because I think because songwriting for me has always been such a personal experience and, and a way to express myself, I've always been, uh, I guess, scared to be vulnerable with strangers in a writing room. I'm always worried I'm going to throw out stupid ideas or, uh, okay. you know, or that I'm not going to be as open as I should with mm-hmm. with with it's ideas. A bit self-confident. And, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like I just didn't have the confidence. Uh, you know, back in my, in my old band, we never – any song that I wrote never really made the cut, you know, and I always felt like they weren't uh-huh. good enough, uh-huh. which is fine. No, no, no. I was just, I was just no good at writing punk rock songs. Um, yeah. So <laughs> little critique entry for them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But so, and you know, I don't hold that against them at all. It just, they weren't the right feel. Uh, but then, so on the, on the last record, uh, I, there's a co-write with, I did two co-writes with Greta. Um, because, I mean, she's one of my best friends and we, we've, I feel really comfortable with her because we've toured together so much and we've yeah. done a lot of work together. And, you know, so being one of my best friends, I feel like I can be open with her and I could be a bit more vulnerable. So safe place, safe place. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I did a co-write with Alan Caswell once, uh, and it, it was great. It was a great experience for me. The song came up a bit, uh, it, it wasn't the right sort of song for me, but, it was a great experience writing with Alan. I mean, he's got so much experience writing with people and he's such a great guy. 
Um, yeah, I, I got, I got a lot of love for Alan. The longest podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> he came over. He came over. He was the first live podcast I had. So he was at my place because we both live on the Gold Coast now. Yeah, we talked for about two hours, and he rocks up with all his new songwriting books and his new albums. Yeah, and he's just yeah, chatting my ear yeah, off. It was great. That's yeah. Alan. That's he's Alan. great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think he just finished writing a. Uh, a uh, like a bush ballad sort of album, a real Australiana bush ballad album, and then I've gone in for this write with him, and I, I really, you know, I, I wasn't confident enough in making calls in a co-write, and it sort of came up mm. as a bush ballady sort of song. I'm like, okay, that's not that's right. not my fit, but um, you know, it was a it was a fun little song that we wrote. But yeah, uh, so serious. this, but this, yeah, this t- this time around, I was sort of easing into it. You know, I've written, I've done a couple of co-writes here and there with some friends. Um, mm-hmm. And then last April, uh, sorry, June or July of last year, 2019, I I was like, you know what? Everyone always says they went to Nashville and, and wrote this song and wrote that song. I'm like, I'm going to give it a go. <laughs> I'm going yeah. to do the Nashville thing and see how it comes up. Yeah. And, uh, and I was, you know, very, you know, I was extremely nervous. And yeah. the first co-writer I had was with Phil Barton who – has written with everybody. He's an Aussie who lives over there, and I walked in and, and sat down, and he made it, I, he made me feel extremely comfortable. So we were just chatting like mates, like yeah. we'd known each other for ages. Um, I played him part of this song that I'd written, and then he's, he's like, and I explained it. He's gone, dude. I've been in that exact position, and we ended up writing uh, my, my last single, "Never Meant to Break Your Heart," together. Oh, lovely! So that was, and I walked out of that feeling so good. I was like, okay, cool. I can do co-writes. I can do this. I just mm. need some more practice with it. And, yeah. you know, I did another five, I think that week. And then I was, I was meant to be going back over in March. I got as far as California before I had to turn around with everything shutting down. Um, and mm. so uh, the five and a half weeks I was meant to stay in the States ended up being one week at my mum's place. And then I came home. Yeah. Um, but there's, I mean, the amount of co-writes I've done, while I'm sitting here at home during lockdown has been fantastic. And for the first time ever, I've got more songs than I need for a project. Um, usually I just record everything I've written, whereas now I, I'm going to have okay. to pick, pick favorites. So it's, yeah. yeah, it's been great. You know, I've really, I think there's no, no. And, um, you know, cause a few people have gone, Oh, how do you find the, the zoom rights? Because, you know, I prefer to be in a room. So I've actually, mm really enjoyed it because I, th- I think it's that comfort of being in my own home. Um, mm. So there's a, you know, where I usually write songs, whether it's on the end of my bed or on the couch or, but I've, I'm mm. at home, but I'm, I'm collaborating with someone in their home. So there's, you know, everyone's comfortable. So um, just going back to the co-writing quickly, now that yeah. you've done a few and you're getting a bit more comfortable with it, is there something that you are starting to do as a routine with your co-writing do you always have something when you walk in? What's your kind of routine to go into a co-write? Yeah, the the last couple of I've, I've sort of uh, I haven't had a whole lot to go in with, mainly because I was booked to. I've, I've realised the correlation once, you know, a few months, like a month later, but I was booked mm. in to finish the rest of the album, and when I had to cancel that because of border closures, I sort of lost. That was a big motivation loss point for me there i was just like well what's the yeah. point and <laughs> i sort of stopped stopped chipping away on things so uh but usually i do like to go in with 
an idea or two and just to float to people. And, you know, there's, I just finished a song actually with, um, someone I met at the same dag, uh, that I met you at the same dag session that I met you at oh, was you Billy Joe with? Porter. Billy Joe oh, Porter. Oh, yeah, nice. Yep. I've had a chat we, with we her. Were, yeah. Yes, he's great. We wrote a song the other week and it's funny because it was the, the title. It was one of those ones where you go, I think this would be a title for a song and you float it to people. And I was mm. floating that to people. I can't tell you how many people I put that to and they're like, nah, I don't really get it. I'm like, okay, cool. That's cool. <laughs> you know, we yeah. don't have to. That's all right. And they're like, nah, nah. And everyone shut it down. And I sort of, I was like, mm. okay, maybe I need a little, yeah. yeah. I was like, maybe I need a little more to present to, someone with it so I sort of mm. like wrote a bit of a rough chorus and mm. I mean Billy and I started working on something else with trying something fresh and mm. it just wasn't sometimes uh, you know sometimes it just doesn't feel like you're really hitting the mark with each other and it just wasn't yeah. taking off I said oh, I've got this other idea but at that point I was like a little nervous about floating it because everyone has shut it down mm. so I've got oh, this idea yeah. and I played her this little chorus that I, uh, she's gone yeah let's do that and you know it was it's this sort of upbeat summary sort of feeling song which i think suits billy as a person <laughs> like she's just so yeah. energetic and like yeah cool like yep. yeah let's you know she's got a lot of energy and i was like yeah. i think this is better fit rather than yeah rather than writing a yeah. we're just sort of doing this uh, like a, a sadder sort of sounding song and then i put this idea mm. to her and it's we sort of jumped all over it great sometimes it's just about finding that magic connection with the right person for a song yeah and yeah I, that's yeah. it uh, yeah, and I mean, it's not personal. And, it's not your ability to come up with good ideas. It's just no. whether it sits with the right person, you know. That's it. It's just trying to find that, you know, that connection. That I remember the first time I was meant to write with Greta, um, mm. and I because uh, I was we were meant to uh, co-write Fire and Ice, and I said, "Look, I've got this idea for a song." I started playing Fire and Ice to her, and she's like, "Cool." I said, "I've also been working on this other thing." And I started playing her Blood Moon High, which is one of the tracks on the album as well. And she's gone, ooh, mm. let's do that one. I was like, okay. <laughs> and so, but she had this immediate immediate connection with it. So we wrote yeah. Blood Moon High. We ended up writing Fire and Ice together later as well. But it was like, I yeah. remember when I played her that and straight away she's like, ooh, I want to work on that. So, okay. Yeah. Like, but she immediately connected with it. Um, it's that, yeah, it's that unspoken yeah. vibe that you just get when you hear something in, you either resonate with it and your body says yes or your body says no and you've you've got to listen to it as a songwriter. Yeah, that's it. And I, I mean I'm I'm not someone who has to write every song on my album either. So there were two songs on the last album that I didn't write but um mm-hmm. and I think I think a few people picked up on or noticed that because when uh, you know a, a few people after the last album came out sent me songs saying, hey, I've written this song. I think you'd be, you know, you should have a look at it, maybe sing it. And mm. it's not that I didn't love the songs, but, uh, you know, I, just the songs that I had do uh, record that I didn't write, they're always songs that I've found and I've found a connection with just on my own rather than it being mm. sort of put under my nose. Um, mm. It's just sort of, you know, sometimes you hear a song and you go, oh, yeah, I'm definitely connecting with that and I'd like to, I'd like mm. to perform that. And that's, that's, you know, that's how those songs came about. And there's, you know, one song, like my latest single, Right I'm Down, I didn't write that. It's, oh, really? Um, no, that's, it was. I like it. Um, <laughs> thanks. Everyone's like, I love this song. I'm like, thanks. I wish mm. I wrote it. 
Um, <laughs> but, well, you got to so release that, it. That, so. <laughs> I did. I did. Well, it's a song that hasn't been released before. It was on a so that that same ex from years ago who um, mm-hmm. helped me realize you don't have to do what society says. She was uh, living in Canada when I first met her, and she sent me over a um, this CD of Canadian blues artists, and it's basically a demo album that he did, like mm. just a bunch of songs he recorded. She goes, I really like some of these songs. And there are a few songs on there that I was just like, oh, these are really cool. And then okay. Greta and I, Greta and I started playing right on down on our summer caravan park tours together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I ended up tracking him down and said, hey, would you mind if I record this? And he said, no, mm-hmm. go for it. So there it is. But it's a song that mm-hmm. I really, I, 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 you know, that it was, it wasn't handed to me as in, you should cover, you, you should record this. It was just, here, check out this music. And, yeah. you know, you find that connection with, there's another song on that, on that same album that I'd be easy, you know, more than happy to, to do a version of as well. But it's, mm. it's because there's a connection with those songs. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. And I, it is hard when um, someone wants you to sing a song and you can listen to it and be like, it's not like, it's not that it's a bad song. I just, no, yeah. I can't, it doesn't resonate with my, my body. And it's like, it wouldn't be truthful if I was to say or sing those things. And yeah, you've got to yeah. listen to yourself. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's a real organic connection. You got to, it's, you can't, you can't manifest it. You can't just go, yeah, cool. I want to feel a connection with this song and I'm really going to try it. I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you really need to find it just organically, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and you'll know. You'll know when you know. Just like yeah. when you find the right person. <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. What What's the best advice that someone's given you about this industry? Oh, that's a great question. Because um, any advice that was sort of given to me was given to me a long time ago, I think, and now mm. I've got to remember it. But, I mean, I guess it's to just, you know, just be genuine. People see through, mm. um, you know, if you if you if you're false, if you're false, you know, if you're being fake, people will see through it. You mm. Just be genuine. Be nice to people and be genuine. Um, don't be afraid to talk to people. Um, mm. You know, uh, I mean, I, I know I've, a few years back, uh, you know, there were some people who said, "Oh, Swifty, he's just he's just a networker," but. It's not that I. It's not that I would go up and meet people. Yeah, but it's not that I'd go up and meet people with the intention of gaining something from knowing them or or, mm. or gaining something from from talking to them. It was just I would just chat to everyone. Um, yeah. Without being forcefully talking to people, it just the you know it just needs to be. A, a, there's a word again, but organic conversation and. Mm. Uh, like my, my booking agent, I met three years or something before he started booking me. And it's, it was just, mm. and it was never, it was never me. I don't think I once asked him if he could book me. It was just a genuine friendship that developed. And, yeah. and then he it got to a point where he's like, Hey man, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to book your shows. I'd like to book yeah. you. You know, he basically looks after festivals and stuff for me. I'm like, yeah, that'd be nice. amazing. Thank you. But it was, yep. you know, I wasn't playing the long game on our friendship <laughs> to, to get yeah, to that point. Yeah. It was just, you know, it was just that's it just came about organically. 
That's beautiful. So, I yeah, completely agree. That's with that. probably the best advice. Yeah. I I think um I'm like that and sometimes in my head I have to tell myself, get out of my own way because I worry that people are going to think that that's what I'm doing. But like, I'm just a naturally curious person and I love talking to people. I think I just, I don't know. I love it. But in my head, sometimes like, oh, they probably think I'm weird or I don't know. And like, I can get in my head sometimes around that, but I just got to get get past it. Look, I've done the same thing and, and where I'm, and I like, because I had someone basically accuse me of that to my face. And I was just like, Mm. Well, that got me questioning friendships that I'd made. I'm like, seriously? And then, yeah. but then I realized, I realized that, you know, some people, um, I mean, people are going to think what they're going to think, whether we like it or not, whether you like it or not. Yeah. They're going to think what they want to think. Uh, people are going to jump to conclusions. And mm. I mean, sometimes people, it's, you know, they're envious that they're, they're not able to go up and just talk to people in a room. Um, yeah, just just some people can't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah, haters are gonna hate. You know, they're just jealous. Haters are gonna they're hate. Yeah. But <laughs> no, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, I you know, there there are people who uh, are quite happy to judge and um, have an opinion on you without knowing you. Um, you know, and. I think, you know, I think it, it's, it happens more and more, but you just mm. gotta, as long as you're, com- you know, as long as you know who you are and that you don't have, if you, as long as you know that your intentions are genuine and, and sincere, then that's all that really matters. And if those people aren't really get willing to get to know you properly and understand that mm. that's who you are, then that's their loss. That's really good advice. I couldn't have put it better myself. There's the trailer for your episode right there. Uh, what, what about someone who's just starting out? They want to they want to be a songwriter. They're feeling the itch to create something. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to them to where to start? Don't do it. No. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, if you'll you, never if, be as I good mean, as Swifty, so why bother? No, 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 no. I would never say that. <laughs> I, I, it's funny because I was having a, a conversation with a friend of mine before all this and it mm. got me like the way I was talking to him. I'm like, man, I, you know, I'm, I'm not as confident in my songwriting as, as you think, I, as you think I think I am. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, look, I mean, for people who are, you're talking about someone who's like writing their first song. Yeah. Someone who's just starting out, maybe high school. I mean, they could be whatever age, but. Maybe yeah. don't have the confidence that they can write a song, or but they want to. What would you say to them? Songwriting. Well, I mean, songwriting is like anything. It, it takes practice for to. Mm. It's it's a it's a craft, and it takes practice to perfect it. And yeah, mm. you know, and it's you can always improve on it. I feel I, I, I in no way am I saying that I've perfected it by any means. There's. <laughs> I'm the first, yeah, right. Like, I mean, but you, the more you practice it and the more you do it, the, the more your songs are, will evolve. And you yeah. probably, you probably know this as well, but you're always like your new stuff better than your old stuff because yeah. you, you can see, you can see, yeah, I mean, we listen to them and, and uh, judge them harder than anyone else. So we probably find, uh, the the imperfections in the older stuff that you go, oh, I wish I'd sort of done this in that song. 
or, yeah. you know, it, it, it changes as, as it grows. So don't be afraid to, to, to write it out, you know, and find someone that you trust to, you know, that you really trust to, to play the song to and just to get their opinion. Um, and you, the thing is not everyone's opinion is correct either. You don't have to take everything on board. Um, they're, you know, they're, they're, what they say isn't the be all and end all. But, mm. you know, I remember having a couple of friends in high school that I would, you know, at school lunch times, I would go, uh, we'd find a quiet spot and I'd go, all right, I was working on this song. And I'd play them these songs that I'd been writing and they'd be like, oh, I really liked this one. This one's, I like this one better than the other one. Or, you know, mm. they, you need someone who's sort of, um, neutral. And happy to to just give a bit of an honest opinion without it just being oh no that's yeah. crap like you know someone who's going to yeah. shut it, everything down straight away you need someone who's open minded and that'll yeah. help you help your confidence build and and help you um, progress yeah absolutely and you just got to keep trying and and don't give up on yeah. your dream mm. yeah no that's yeah. it got to keep keep giving it a crack. Keep walking in the right direction. Doesn't matter how fast you're going, you'll get there eventually. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. It's Slow and going. steady. Slow and steady. I think I've. I think I've. I think I've shown that. <laughs> like it's. It's just like so bizarre that things are going well for me with music now. It's yeah. you know it's just taken so long to get there, um, mm. and it's really nice. Like now that I'm here, and and I t- I truly appreciate every bit of it. Um, yeah, like you know, it's and so, someone humble, messaged me the cool. other day. <laughs> Thanks. Someone messaged me the other day on on social media, and and I, like, I and I replied. I sort of try and reply to everyone, and and their mm-hmm. initial response was, "I can't believe I heard back from you." I'm like, "Yeah, like you took the time <laughs> to send me a message. Like, I'm sure I can reply. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm not, mm. I'm not, I'm not my second cousin Taylor. Like, I've got time to reply." <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sure yeah, if you had so four and a half million fans, it would be a different story as well. Or was it like 150 or something stupid? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, something something ridiculous. But I mean, you know, I invited so, her but, to be yeah. on the Tris too, but she didn't reply. <laughs> 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 hey, give it time, give it time, give it time. It might happen. Know, she'll get there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, it's it's just crazy, you know. Like, I, um, you know, when I was when I, when I play festivals and they go okay cool we're gonna you're gonna do we're gonna have you doing a signing after you set and mm. my initial reaction has always been man i hope someone rocks up because this is gonna be pretty embarrassing <laughs> otherwise and yeah and it, it's it's crazy to see people lined up for a photo and a, a squiggle you know mm. it's mm. and it's very humbling um and I, I i genuinely appreciate people taking the time to come and say g'day and and um Tell me what they like or don't like, as some people like to do, and you know. But uh, and you know, you're very it's, it's really nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Thanks. And it, it does. It does also happen. And I've, I've unfortunately, I've seen it a few times where someone's done a gig at a festival, or something, and they're sitting at the signing desk with their CDs, and there's no one there. And yeah. sometimes I go, oh, maybe I just need to go over and maybe encourage <laughs> yeah. them a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see you set, but apparently you were great. Um, <laughs> no, it's. <laughs> You know, like there's been times where I've played a festival and there's been like, you know, when I first was playing festivals a few years, a couple of yeah. years ago and there'd be like three or four people come up to say good day. 
and you're like, okay, cool. And you're like, that was over quick. Um, and you walk past the signing thing later and there's a line out the door and you go, okay, maybe one day, maybe one day. (laughs) And, um, but it's, it's funny because I've seen it and seen that, that sort of, that side of it grow in the last 18 months or so. It's been really nice. No, that's really good. I'm glad that people are supporting you and that um, warms my heart. Um, <laughs> I have one more question for you and then I want you to share sure. whatever you want to talk about. Um, if you could co-write with anyone, mm. dead or alive, anywhere in the world, who would it be and why? I've got a bit of a songwriting dream list, uh, like a, a, a wish list. Uh, mm-hmm. Chris Stapleton is right up there. Um, I love I love Chris Stapleton's writing. Mm-hmm. I really love the writing of of Natalie Hemby. Have you, do you know Natalie Hemby? No. So Natalie Tell Hemby me. writes. She she's one of the high women, uh, but she's mm-hmm. also she writes for uh, or writes for a lot of people. But she does a lot of co writes with Casey Musgraves and Miranda Lambert. Um, okay. So she's she's definitely in that scene. I, I love, and it's funny because I remember listening to like a. Casey Musgraves album, and then I was listening to a Miranda album, and there was a, a like a song where I'm like, I wonder if this is the same co-writer. Like I'm starting to recognise yeah. her writing style um, comes through, and, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm like, there's something really cool about this, and I look it up, and sure enough, yeah. it's Natalie Hemby. She's got a great way with words, and uh, yeah, I just I, I really love her writing style. I'd love to write with her. Um, awesome, but. Yeah, I mean, I, that's probably my answer. I, I'd love to say someone like Van Morrison, but I've heard he's pretty grumpy and I don't want, I want, don't want to ruin, I don't want that to ruin my. No, um, we've talked about judging people before we get to know them. So, <laughs> no, yeah, well, there's, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of, a lot of, I don't even know if you'd ever do co rights, but I was a massive Van Morrison fan when I was younger. I've yeah. got in a box somewhere, I've probably got every CD of his that I could find. Um, but yeah, so, but I've heard he's quite, there's, there's, I think there's a saying there's, um, there's people who love Van Morrison and then there are people who have met him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hadn't heard that one. um, So there you go. (laughs) Yeah. So, but I mean, he's, he's a genius. So whatever, let him, you know, I'll, I remember one and once once upon a time going, man, I'd love to meet him. Whereas now I'm like, I don't want to meet him because I don't I don't want it to ruin my love of his. You music. You want to continue to love the music, yeah? Cool. Yeah, so actually, what- you know, you know who would be great. Yeah. Sorry, I just did think of one more. Oh. Um, yep. More close to home is I would love to write with um, either either actually Paul Kelly or Neil Finn. I think they'd be great. I mean, okay. I love both their writing styles. Yeah. Let's just put it out there. If either of you guys want to write with Swifty, hook him up. <laughs> Why yeah, not? That'd, that'd be great. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> well, if if anyone does contact you and you get to write with any of them, you have to let me know because that'd be awesome. Um, sure. hey, who's who, who's uh, hold on before you ask me a question? Who's on your wish list? Who's anyone dead or alive? Who would you um, want to write with? Okay, Leonard Cohen. Oh yeah, good. I love him. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, Bach, I mean, yeah, but um, there's sort of like some old favorites, but living, um, I was thinking Adele for sure. Oh yeah. I love, yeah. I love her music and I think I really vibe it. And Amy Winehouse. Oh, <sighs> like I said, living Finally. and then. <laughs> yeah. Dead, yeah. dead, not yeah. obviously, um, Amy Winehouse if she was still alive, but I think Adele and her, they have like a, I don't know what it is. There's something in their music that gives me chills and. Yeah. 
I just wish that could rub off on me more. So I just listen to it as much as possible and <laughs> rub off on yeah, me and I, my voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Get inside me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, okay, thank you. You're the first one to ask me that question in reverse. <laughs> there you go. Oh, really? Um, oh, there you go. Yeah, no one else really cares about me. No, I'm, just <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, it's just because I'm the host. I'm supposed to be asking the question. Tell me more about what mm. you're doing now. What have you released? Where, like, do you have much of a plan at the moment other than surviving lockdown? It's really hard uh, to make a plan at the moment. And it's, uh, it feels like everyone goes, oh, you know, you're almost through it. But it's been really kind of hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel down here. It's, Mm. uh, you know, every time I've made plans around the restrictions, they've changed and then I've had to cancel and, and redo. So, um, you know, and replan and, and tweak. So even the, the music video uh, for Right On Down was, I was like, I can't, I can't get out to go do a music video. Um, There's no one in so, Melbourne that will do it with you. Well, back then I was like, maybe I could get someone to shoot it in Melbourne mm. and then the guys I usually use are in New South Wales. And then mm. I was like, well, I could probably go around. I had this idea where I'd go around and film um, all these couples together. I thought that'd be great. And then, so we started putting that plan into action and then stricter restrictions came in. Mm-hmm. And so now, now the clip is just, uh, I, I sent a message out to a bunch of family and friends and asked them to send me like 20 seconds or, you know, just a, a snippet of home video footage of them, you know, being lovely and, and happy with their families. And that's what the music video is. Uh, it's basically mm. a collage of that. So, but it was just constantly having to change things. I don't know when, you know, I'm, I'm booked for, I mean, you know, I'm not sure when this is coming out, but I'm booked for a show in on the South coast of New South Wales at the end of October that was rescheduled from April. And I don't yeah. know if I can get across the border. So it's really kind of hard. So I've been focusing on things like I've been lucky that I recorded half the album before all this happened and I've been able to release a couple of singles. Um, But I've been focusing on things like merchandise in my online store and just trying to keep busy like that and, you know, just hoping that 2021 is going to be a bit better and I'm starting to look. I've basically written off 2020 gig-wise, especially down here. there's, there's, There's nothing. It's, it's been hard to watch, uh, you know, a lot of friends on social media who are up north because the majority of my work's up north. I basically just come home as a bit of a reset or, and do, I don't, I, you know, I don't do that many shows in Melbourne, but mm. uh, I'm so that's why I'm always north. And it's been pretty hard seeing, you know, friends posting at gigs and or out mm. and about doing stuff. And I've got friends over in the States who are just living life like normal and it's, it's yeah. kind of it, like it's hard because we're under such strict lockdown rules down here. So it's it's yeah. very, very frustrating. Is it making you reconsider moving north? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I I'm mean, pretty sure you know. the majority of people in Melbourne have thought about moving north. There's going to be a, a, a surplus of Victorians moving north after this. 2021. Yeah. The, the, it's 2021 will be the, Melbourne. The, yeah, 2021 will be the, the great migration. What I'll do is in the description of the podcast is I'll chuck up all your socials. Um, I might put a link through to you. your merchandise. What sort of merchandise have you got available for people to support you with at the moment? Oh, I've got a lot. Uh, there's I just got in a new range with this really cool design. 
there's hoodies, ladies' cut singlets, T-shirts, face masks. I've got enamel cups. I've got tea towels, tote bags, uh, a range of stubby holders. There's the No Relation to Taylor merch that's up there. Uh, I feel nice. like I'm forgetting stuff. I've got our CDs. There's okay. all sorts of things. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Nice spruik there. Yeah. Um, all right. Thank well, I'll, I'll put a link to all of that and um, I'll have to check out the shirts myself. And, yeah, <laughs> just wishing you all the best. Thank you so much for jumping on um, the podcast and having a yarn with me and sharing all your wisdoms. It's been quite a journey and it's beautiful to see where you've come from and where you are now and I just look forward to getting to one of your live gigs in the not-too-far future, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Well, thank you very much yeah. for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining our songwriters, Tris, today. To join the family and keep up to date with future podcasts, follow us on Facebook or Instagram and subscribe. To contact me or learn more, visit my website, www.ray-lee.com. <laughs>